0: Hi, my name is Soli, and my name is Shafali. and welcome to the Why Not Health podcast. Why Not Health is an organization of students working to increase awareness surrounding underrepresented health issues in Southeast Asia. We'll be having open and honest conversations about everything, including consent culture to body shaming and eating disorders.
1: We're super excited to shed light on the differences between health in Southeast Asia and the United States, and we hope you'll join us.
0: Hi everyone, this is Shafali and I'm here today with Kwan, Nancy, and Beave, and we're a group of university students who are pretty passionate about destigmatizing conversations around sex. Today we're going to be talking about sex, the stigma surrounding sex in Southeast Asia, and how those new to sex can explore it safely. So before we get into any of the other questions, I think we should first discuss what is sex.
2: That is a very interesting question. What is sex? I think sex to me is another form of communication but just a deeper level but yeah I think sex for me is just another way that two people communicate with each other very honestly in a most vulnerable form and in many ways the sexiest form. What what do you guys think?
1: Um, For me sex is fits into two categories either it's for biological reasons or for recreational reasons. So initially, the way I learned about sex is obviously the biology of it, the purpose of procreation. But eventually, as I grew up, I now view sex as something recreational. I think I would agree with what Nancy said. I feel like
0: it's another way to make a connection with someone and just on a deeper level. I feel like through sex, you just understand someone in a different way that you can't really understand them through any other form of connection, I guess.
3: Personally, I I agree with what you guys said. It's a good enough definition. It's great that we start off with kind of defining what it is before we dive into it and kind of like drawing the boundary.
2: Yeah, thank you for that. I think I've been following up to all this discussion is like the question of, why is sex so essential? You know, like like us human beings, I feel like this topic is something that we talk about sometimes with friends and families. We sometimes learn about it in school, but it seems to me that it's a very important You know matter that needs to be discussed at some point in our life and why do you think that is like why do you think sex is so essential i mean there must be something about sex that is essential to human empowerment right like or else we we wouldn't have this topic ongoing for so long yeah that's i think it's interesting like why why do you think it's so important
1: so um like i previously mentioned i sex to me is recreational and in looking at that, you can see that humans are one of the few species that actually participate in pleasure for sex compared to other animals who only do it for procreation. I actually thought that this topic was kind of interesting as to why humans, alongside with bonobos, a few primates, and dolphins, are the few species that actually have sex for pleasure. And I looked up like the question of why is it that so few animals do that? And actually, I got these two different kind of answers. First, saying that most animals typically can't really afford to waste the energy that's put into sex uh, unless it comes out to an offspring. And there's also a secondary, like a different perspective of it that's more based on your cognition. So it's saying that animals with, um, so mammals with Neocortex typically are associated with higher levels of consciousness. So therefore, with this higher level of consciousness, they can lead to doing things that are more pleasure wise. So I think maybe that has something to do with why sex is so important to human empowerment.
0: I feel like it's another way to understand yourself better and kind of reach like self-actualization. I know this is something that we've talked about before, but I feel like once you can understand how to make yourself feel good and understand what you want and what you need from another person in that way, you really understand yourself better. And like I said, it's also forming another connection with someone else, but you also realize things about yourself as well.
3: Well, I think answering what um, Nancy asked before, uh, you know, first, uh, the first part of it is why it's sex so important. Well, first of all, procreation, but also at the same time, it's like with in every romantic relationship you know it's a crucial element of like of a romantic relationship and if it's done right and if it's communicated correctly it can be an element that really helped the relationship to grow and thrive and it's also helped to maintain the relationship in the long run but if it's done incorrectly it can be the element that breaks the relationship So that's why it's very uh, essential and it's important to talk about the aspect of like empowering. I think it's like as humans, we we will all want to have control over our lives. And in order to do that, we need to have control over our body and our own needs. And we always do that like with our physical need by like, you know, working out to stay healthy because we need that, we need the energy you know, by like reading, like improving ourselves, we need like that mental practice. So sex is just another aspect that we need to get control in order to holistically control our lives. And therefore we can focus more on improving ourselves in other aspects once we're able to do that.
0: So kind of going off of that, why do you think that sex is a topic that is usually not discussed and is like heavily stigmatized, especially in the Southeast Asian community?
2: I think two things. I think the reason why sex is such, is a topic that's not as frequently discussed is because the generation before us actually does not know what to talk about. Like now we have the knowledge, the tools, the resources to really understand sex beyond a reproductive mechanism. But the, for the people before us, they don't have this knowledge. They don't understand that sex is something that can be done for pleasure. They really understand it as a mechanism for reproduction. And that's, that's why the, the, the discussion ends there. It's kind of like man makes man meets woman, the two of them like each other, form a family, marriage, kid. That's the extent of sex. And another, another way that we have seen it is kind of like man meets woman, and this is in many Southeast Asian culture, man takes pleasure from women. And so it was never a two way street. It's either it's a reproductive mechanism or it's a male seeking pleasure from a female kind of hierarchy. And because of that, that, that aspect of sex, sex is now kind of like aligned with something that's so negative. It's being associated with all these bad connotations. And therefore, when sex is now brought up as a topic at dinner table with parents and kids all around, it's always a preventive kind of Talk. It's like don't do it, or else, especially for young girls out there, don't do it, or else you'll be taken advantage of. Or don't do it unless, you know, you want an unwanted pregnancy. It's not something that's ideal, but it's the truth because that's all that they knew before. Um, but you know, we have grown from that and our generation is so different. That's why topics like this or podcast like this, it's so important to have and for more people to discuss about this topic more freely.
1: Yeah, I I really agree with what you just said. I also had a similar um, perspective when discussing why is it such a big stigma. And the way I was looking at it is more of the fact that in Southeast Asia, sex is a cultural taboo. And you can kind of look at it through like a micro to a macro perspective of like, let's say from the family side. So the individuals, the people that surround you and give you knowledge through experience, if they don't feel comfortable enough about their own experience, then they're not going to share with you and it won't be normalized to have the discussion. If you go even further, you can look at education or the media. The fact that education already isn't having enough focus on sex education so that means people don't have the theoretical or like the knowledge of understanding it by the most like simplest definition and even further than that you can look at society of like just where we're from And you can kind of experience or know in our own experience that society does have this kind of negative perspective on people who have sex outside of marriage, even though now it's not like we're going to have stones throw at us for walking on the streets and already having sex before marriage. But it's not like something that you can scream out into the world and have people be like, yeah, that's good for you. That's your choice. So, yeah, I would say it's a very big line of issues that we can either solve like at the micro level or like micro like we are trying to do with this podcast.
3: Well, I like everyone's point, but I want to bring something into perspective as well. And I think it's important to look at it as like a holistic view and it's that well, first of all, I don't think that it's a taboo because the previous generation doesn't have much to talk about it and that they don't know about it. I think they, they did what they could. And it's fair to point that out, because when you look at Southeast Asia, historically, it has been like a war torn region, right? Like, for example, Vietnam, where I'm from, freedom was well, achieved peace was achieved in 1975, much, much later than what, you know. for example, give me a country, the US achieved freedom right, achieve like peace. So if war is happening, that's a bigger problem, right? If you're not gonna live, there's no point worrying about anything else. So it is definitely something that kind of slows the progress one, of everything down. Secondly, the culture is a more conservative culture. And because of the revolution of like contraception and that started not from the region. So it comes to the region a little after, And combined with the region being conservative, then definitely that's like, you're getting the combination that pushes things even slower apart. And like, let's be honest, sex is a little awkward to talk between family members, right? And it's a little awkward to talk to people who you're not very close to. So generally, you know, with and within a conservative society, that's why you get a lot of pushbacks from the topic. And that's why you have people unwilling to talk about it and then combined with like you know the lack of education in general that kind of leads it to you know the understanding or the belief that it's a taboo and it's not usually talked about but also if you bring it into the general context of education their education don't don't talk about many other things as well that's because it's there there's a progress to make you know in terms of sex education in terms of like understanding like human rights. They never bring that into education. That's not a common thing. So there is a stigma. There is um, the belief that sex is taboo, but there has also been progress towards it. And I think this is what we're doing, right? We're contributing to this progress, which is very important
0: now thinking about that I'm, I'm like thinking about how my own parents like talk to me and my sister about different things and i feel like they are also learning now being introduced to everything that is present in, like the american media and what adults here talk about and what is normalized here and i feel like they are learning from that i mean they're from india and i think over there at least i i do kind of see what nancy was saying about like sex is highly like male centered and there's so much stigma around women just not even around sex simply just like presenting the way that they like and doing things that they want like with their career and their work and their education like that is so controlled that like there's hardly any room to achieve any sexual liberation like they cannot walk on the streets at night wearing anything that's too revealing and it's always about protect yourself from men like don't talk to any guys like it's mostly because like they're so controlled in that society that it's hard for them to even talk about sex and things like that especially if you're a girl even um like in America now I see the difference between how like Indian American men are brought up by their parents versus like Indian American women because their parents just don't want to expose them to that because they they want to it comes from a place of like protection but because of that it's hard for them to understand their sexuality
3: and I want to add more on that as well i think that's a great point and i think reflecting on well when we're looking at like southeast asia we have the model we have a model for us to kind of i wouldn't say follow but reflect on which is well the us right when you look at it in like the uh, the 1920s like the roaring 20s from that time on people start looking more to contraception and stuff. but it's because of this the society is being dominated by men back in the, the days sex are very kind of um, women aren't being empowered in this regard and then with education you know as you progress, then people understand more about sex and so you start with that education but then they're still not empowering women right in the 1960s, 70s 80s, 80s that's where the playboys are like thriving in the U.S. And that's basically objectifying women. And you're having it for, you're having more of that. And then as you go on to the recent days, now in the U.S., people are empowering everyone and women, especially because they haven't been in the past. And so with that model, now you can look at Southeast Asia, we're kind of right at the start of that. We're learning, we're starting to learn about contraception. So I think it's first, it's important to, recognize a few things that society is very conservative toward it. It's seen it it as a taboo. Second, we need to empower women and anyone that isn't being empowered. For example, the LGBT community. And then thirdly, there's that lack of education. And we can only empower people when they have the necessary resources to learn from and to explore. And I think, yeah, that's the West is a model to... Kind of like reflect on and look at uh, looked at them to kind of compare between like the Southeast Asia and the West.
2: Thank you for that. That is that's an amazing analysis. Like the comparison is so clear, right? It's like right in front of us, but we never kind of put A and B together and see. Okay, Southeast Asia is actually in you know in its way there. It's it's in progress. It's at the beginning of a very new. F- form of development, I will say, and now that other necessities have been afforded, maybe the fact that Southeast Asia has reached somewhat of a more peaceful time, even though we all understand that Myanmar um, is not at peace right now and our hearts are with them, the, re- the, the other parts of Southeast Asia, it's somewhat Piece and we're we're glad that we've achieved such um, milestone. And but now that people have water, have electricity, can go to school, have a somewhat stable career, you know, stable income their lifestyle and happiness level have increased, they can now afford to think about the luxury part, which is the top of the pyramid for, you know, a person achievement, self-actualization once the other milestones at the bottom of the pyramid have been achieved. So thank you so much for that. To carry on from that conversation, one thing I want to ask will be, how can we discuss this topic that's been stigmatized for so long respectfully and sensitively? Sometimes it's hard to navigate this conversation. Again, like you said, Kwa, it's a very weird topic to talk to your parents about. It's a weird topic to even talk about. And how, how can we navigate to discuss about you know such a weird topic overall?
3: I think just starting off, come in with an open mindset and be willing to learn, be willing to feel uncomfortable because the topic itself is uncomfortable to talk about. And with that mindset, then you can start to take other steps that we will discuss as we go on.
0: I think being vulnerable is super important. Like being able to talk about it openly, like Kuo said, just like having an open mindset. And I also think another important thing is to not alienate anyone from the conversation. There's definitely a lot of people who are more inexperienced, things all along the spectrum, but I think it's important to keep in mind that we all have different experiences and we should take that into account. I think another thing to think about, especially now with sexual liber- liberation <laughs> becoming so much more intersectional, I, something that I want to do is like include everyone in the conversation.
1: Um, I think uh, the most important thing for me in approaching um, talking sex in a good way is prioritizing the safe space so that making everybody feel like they can share and they have somebody that wants to listen to them. And I think what's also crucial in making that safe space is that you have to be selective with who you talk with. You cannot just want to have the conversation with a person that you assume or think would be useful. For example, if you bring back what we just talked about with our parents, right? So you would really ideally want to be able to talk about sex with your parents, but if they're not ready, then that, that, that conversation is not going to be good for you. So if you want to approach the topic in a good way, then for yourself, you should be selective on who you can share with and whether that person also wants to share with you too, because it's also like a very two-directional conversation.
2: So yeah. Thank you so much for that. I think that's very, that's a very good point that you make. I think I've never thought, thought of, you know, conversation around sex like that. It's a very two directional conversation. It's kind of like, are you ready to have this conversation? And then the next part is, Is that person ready to listen to the conversation? Is that person ready to respond to the conversation? Because sometimes your partner who whoever you're talking to is not ready to even have this conversation. And the best thing to do around sensitive topics is to wait, right? Is to wait and to be patient about it. Not pushing it is important. Be open-minded and always say, I'm always here. If you want to talk about it, I am, you know, always here, welcome with open arms, open mind, everything once you're ready, but to, to push it, it's something that we should not do when it comes to topics that are sensitive and so personal as well. It's something that, you know, it's so close. It's the most personal thing that anyone can share with anyone else. So this is, yeah, I think it's important to be vulnerable and to be genuine as well when it comes to topics like this.
0: Alright, I think that wraps up our very first episode. We hope that you were able to reflect and think more about your own experiences with sex and the stigma that surrounds it. Next week, Nancy, Kwa, Vivi, and I will also be talking about giving consent, the pressure to have sex, and how to establish your own boundaries. So we'll talk to you then. See you later.